In the beginning was the word. Oh, see, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? It's just you think Jesus is some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts! Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Mark Bilton, the CEO of Hagemeyer Brands Australia, who are responsible for brands like Blanco, JVC, Polaroid and Omega. And uh, he's also the founder of CalledToBusiness.com, which is an incredible ministry which I follow on Facebook, so I know all about them. Great, thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, welcome to History Makers. Thank you. Great Thank to you. be here. And our guest host today is Wes Leek from Business Blessings. How are you, Wes? Very well, thanks, Matt. It's uh, exciting to uh, have both you guys here in the studio here. Uh, now, I'm just going to uh, throw it over uh, to, to Mark just to give us a little bit of your uh, upbringing and uh, you became a Christian when you were 22. Tell us a little bit about what family life was like and how you came to that point uh, sure. to, to follow Jesus. Yeah, I was a, I was an army brat. My father was in the British Army, and uh, we spent time in Germany and different places. And he annoyed someone at one stage and got sent to the Outer Hebrides. We spent three years up there. Uh, so we travelled around a lot as as a kid. Every moved every eighteen months. Um, loving loving mother, father was very sort of cold and and distant. Uh, very much a product of his own upbringing. And I'll, I'll come back to my father a little later on if that's okay. Uh, moved then to New Zealand with my family when I was fourteen. Went to university studying zoology and was two things that happened to me while I was there. One was absolutely astounded by design and uh, really physical shock of looking at um, creation. And the other thing was um, we were studying evolution and even as a non-Christian, it really didn't make sense to me. So it didn't make logical sense, didn't seem to stack up from a a reasonable, objective uh, view. Um, and I was also in a very much in a, in a very self-destructive uh, mode at that stage, mixing with the, the wrong sort of people, doing the wrong kind of things. And uh, definitely my life was deteriorating, um, very depressed, got to a place where I was um, suicidal and uh, a very dark period of, uh, of my uh, life at that, at that time. And, and really just uh, then started to uh, meet Christians and um, wasn't too happy about meeting Christians at the time, actually, to be honest. Uh, very angry about um, people talking about God and heaven and hell and and uh, and really didn't, didn't want to know. And everywhere I went, if I went to a party, if I walked down the street, um, walking across the quad, trying to have lunch, be hassled by Christians. And, and really God had me on his agenda and uh, took about two years to really get to really get sort of hammered into the kingdom, but eventually almost surrendered and said, okay, God, you know, if you can do something with my life, if you are real, then then here it is, and gave my life to Jesus. Okay, so that was at the age of uh, 22 or early 20s. Yeah. Uh, tell me uh, about your career at that stage. How did you go through, I mean, you've got quite a uh, influential role in business now. How, sure. Tell me about your career. Okay, one disadvantage of doing a zoology degree is that you're pretty much unemployable at the end of it. <laughs> um, I, had, I had left home when I left school and had uh, put myself through university by uh, working in a menswear store. Um, and after university, ran that just ran that store for a year, did a bit of travelling, came back and ended up as a, a rep for a jean company. Uh, which I did for four years, uh, and then worked as, an, as a textile agent for a company called Bruce Smith, wonderful Christian man, great guy. Um, he has, a, has a, a trust board in New Zealand that I'm still involved with, so we stayed in contact over all these years. Uh, and I was uh, travelling around the world doing buying textiles. I would go to Europe and uh, the US and then uh, finding the colours and the trends and then onto Asia sourcing product and then coming back and selling that. did that for four years. Ended up um, working as a uh, sales manager for one of my customers 
And then just one of those real God-ordained moments where the the GM of that particular business left nine months after I um, joined, and I got the GM slot. So going from a sales rep to a, a GM of a small $5 million business, um, pretty unusual. I went back to university, did a postgraduate diploma in business, and, and then I'm just doing an MBA. thought I'd better learn how to do this management stuff, seeing I was in management. <laughs> and uh, that, that business went really well, turned around, um, became very profitable, got bought out by the Charles Parsons group. Uh, so I became part of that Charles Parsons uh, um, local New Zealand company. Uh, then uh, I ran a couple of divisions for them, which, again, went well. Um, became the, the 2IC there the, of the small group. I mean, the divisions I was looking after were, were growing well. So I really noticed the blessing of God there. Uh, and my boss at the time was quite happy to uh, eat lunch and, and, uh, and play golf and eventually retire. So I had two years as 2IC there and two years as the, as the MD in that business, more than doubled, and you know, the profitability went, went very, very well. I was then uh, headhunted to a public company that was uh, needing some work, which was called Designer Textiles. Um, turned that from a textile manufacturing business into a fashion management company and saw the EBIT and the sales grow by 30% over that two-year period. It was the second fastest growing stock on the exchange at that time, so it went again, it went very well. Uh, ended up in Australia running the whole of the Charles Parsons group, so back into the Charles Parsons fold. And, and that business was really in significant trouble. Um, the New Zealand company had gone very well and stayed profitable, but um, the rest of the business was in a lot of trouble. So I did that for three years and then uh, had a, a small hiatus in between in between that role and uh, my current role, which is Hagemeyer Brains. Wow, fantastic. Mm. And in the middle of that, you, you've started this ministry called Call to Business. Yeah. And like I said, I've seen a bit of it on, on Facebook, but what's Called to Business all about? Called to Business is about encouraging and equipping Christian business leaders to be effective in the marketplace. So I really want to make really want to people to understand that there's no real separation between sacred and and secular. I think often we look at our Christianity in in components that who we are on Sunday is different to who we are on Monday. To me and my my the conversion experience I had it was all in um, my, my who I am and my faith is is part of what I bring to to work. I think God is intimately interested in your in your work life as much as is in your so-called spiritual life that you know we're a whole we're a complete person and uh, and god's interested in the whole okay so you've been invited to, to speak for you know a group like business blessings yeah what what do you bring when when you speak to a, a bunch of christian business guys uh, who are looking for some advice what, what's your what's the main thrust of your message well two things really you know going back to the to the mission of call to business about encouraging and equipping. So there's a there's an essence of encouragement. Just really want to people to understand um, their role as a Christian in the marketplace and to validate that as a as a genuine call from God, um, but also to equip them in practical ways, usually from a scriptural basis. You know, the Bible is a very practical, applicable now today book and has a lot of fantastic business advice in it. And taking that, unpacking that, and showing that the your, your spiritual walk in a work environment can be very practical, very real, commercial, um, profitable, uh, and bring that practical aspect in as well. Now, um, Wes uh, is also uh, co-hosting today, uh, joining us from Business Blessings. Um, Wes, would you like to uh, uh, jump in there? Mark, what I want to know from you, like uh, we talk to a lot of uh, Christian business guys and some of them say, my faith just doesn't match the business world. Yeah. Particularly, you see the, the deceit and the dishonesty happening out there. Sure. Being in the textile and being in the business you're currently in, you yeah. must have seen a lot of that kind of stuff. How do you respond to issues like that? Well, I think firstly, you just got to look after your own walk, mm. um, and um, whatever you bring 
to what you do needs to be of you know of the highest integrity and we have a you know have a standard that you you live your life by and um, that's the one that you put out and what i've found is that people have tended to respect that um i have not really had a lot of issues about maintaining a uh, a high level of integrity in a business environment, mm-hmm. um, but you let other people deal with their life in their way. You're not going to not judge, not sort of judge their walk, but um, you know you maintain a, a standard in, in your own walk. Mm-hmm. I know with one company that I came into that um, uh, I realised there was a lot of fairly dodgy stuff going on in the background, um, and I had a long conversation with with them beforehand to make sure that. They knew that if I was coming in to do that role, there'd be certain standards I'd want to put into the business and were they comfortable with that. Mm. And how do you go with the staff of your company? They I, go, obviously... I go very well, thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like in terms of they obviously know uh, who, your stand from a Christian perspective. Sure. Not all of them would agree with that. Some yep. would. Yeah. Um, h- how does that happen? I think it's all, it's all a matter of, of how you do things. You, mm-hmm. You don't come into your, your business with a 400-pound black Bible and start thumping it on day one. Um, day two, maybe? No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe? Maybe the second week. But but really, I think it's about... There's a, there's a practical aspect of turning a business around, and that's that's as much about it as engaging people, creating vision, empowering people. There's a whole management style. It's open, transparent. And what i found is people actually like that kind of management style. Now, that's, mm-hmm. that's a natural expression of who I am, and my faith is a part of that. Um, I don't come in saying I'm a Christian, um, but people soon prick, pick it up. I'm quite happy to have those conversations mm-hmm. with people. I have my Twitter, for instance, piped into the intranet, and mm-hmm. there's always the odd comment in there about faith. or mm-hmm. uh, It's not preachy or overt. It's kind of what I'm doing, but it's, it has a, a Christian element to it. Mm-hmm. And people soon, soon pick up on those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen some turnarounds, significant mm-hmm. turnarounds in yep. business. God's obviously had a huge part to play in that. Do you Absolutely. want to share some testimonies about how God can turn a business around? Yeah. Uh, look, the, the, the Charles Parsons thing was a really a um, was a bit of a mission impossible, actually. I, when I arrived there, I had a number of phone calls from people who know me quite well, going, "What are you doing? This is crazy. This will never turn around." Uh, it was it was uh, uh, twenty different businesses in twenty three locations in six different countries. Large level of dysfunction. No real strategy in place. The IT didn't work well. The HR was pretty non-existent, um, and this business had been going backwards for a number of years, years and losing a lot of money for a long period of time. Uh, closely held family family business, um, great family, very conservative. Fortunately, very conservative financially as well. So there was there was enough resources in the business to to do a, a fairly what turned out to be a fairly brutal consolidation, um, and it took three years to get it back into back into profit but in the midst of that was a big culture change um there was a a shift from you know a commodity focus into an added value business there was an increase in design there was moving from selling textiles locally to importing garments from china um there was a number of different things that that had to occur there uh and in fact a, a large change in management team and during that time we had to deal with how do you how do you make 300 people redundant or exit from a business in a way that sits with your value set, mm. uh, and that, that's and I think it's often not uh, what you do; it's how you do it. Uh, in in that process, for instance, we made sure that as much as possible, everyone's ego was intact. There was counselling in place. We did everything by the book. We were generous as we possibly could at the time, uh, and people who we needed to um, work for another six to nine months, but there wasn't going to be a role. We told them up front, and also told them that if they left between between then and when they had to go, 
um, we would still pay them their, their exit, or if they stayed to the end, there would be an extra bonus. So we really try to construct that in a way that um, sort of sat with the right kind of right kind of values. And we, we didn't have a single court case out of that, which is a little bit unusual. That's very key in today's today's work environment. This it's very litigious. Yeah. Yes, mm. in doing that. Mark, what, what would you say uh, to someone out there who whose business uh, is not doing well? Yeah. Uh, what would you say to them? I think it'd be a lot of businesses not doing well. I mean, it's been a pretty rocky, a rocky mm. couple of years. And uh, you know, as a if they're a Christian business person, they really need to go to God. I mean, that's that's your that's your bottom line. Um, I think there's a an element of committing your way to God, committing your business to God. But equally, you can't just wait for God to suddenly turn up. You have mm. to do the practical things to get to where you want to go. Mm. He's given us the ability to create wealth. He's given us a mind and, and a body and intellect and and uh, relationships and all those things to be able to to work practical solutions to what you've got. I think one of the key things in business is, is vision. Where do you want to go? What do you want to look like? And a lot of small businesses in particular tend to be running on the spot, almost creating a job for themselves and uh, you know, dealing with the tyranny of the urgent rather than where do I want to go, what do I want to do, and really thinking about their business. They tend to work in it rather than on it. And I think even the smallest business owner should really be looking at um, what am I trying to create out of this business and work on the business as much as in it. Now, I'm just curious to ask, you know, obviously you're very busy, you, uh, you, know, you travel a lot. Uh, tell me about your personal devotions with God. Do, yep. you, do you have a daily Bible reading? Do you have set, set time to pray? What, what do you do to yep. get alone with God? I, I am not a morning person, to skip this <laughs> up, up front. Yep. So I don't have the traditional, you know, get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, walk on the beach. There's some great C3 guys that actually really, really do that. I think the scripture says it's vain to rise early. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hanging on to that one. So I, I tend to have a quiet time in the evening before mm-hmm. I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I'll read the Bible and uh, and just spend some some time with God. But my walk with God is a is an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing walk, ongoing walk with Him. So again, I don't tend to segment all those as a special time. I actually set aside. I don't tend to do that. The other thing that I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you shared before, you know, at the age of twenty two, you. Uh, you, you were bombarded by God and by Christians, and, and you, yeah. you, you um, surrendered your life to Christ. You know, uh, there's probably people listening, Mark. They're thinking, you know, I've never made that step. I've never yeah. given my life to Christ. Yes. Um, would you speak to those listeners about how, how they would do that? Sure, absolutely. Look, I, the thing that struck me as a non-Christian, and uh, the thing that I've learned over the last twenty odd years now, is um, is the reality of God. You know, he he is a loving Father. He he wants. Um, to have a personal relationship with you, he has a plan and purpose for your life, and uh, it's quite ast- it's quite astounding to me now that I couldn't see that before I became a Christian. But the reality of that is is absolutely palpable. Um, you know, there's often times where you can physically feel and sense the peace of God, and I don't know how I would actually um, operate without that now, knowing that knowing that relationship. And the other thing is, it's a um, you know, salvation is a free gift. We've all done things that are wrong. We've all done things that have uh, that have messed up. And here is um, an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, have those sins forgiven, and walk in a whole new relationship, not only now but in eternity. And that's just, it's such a staggering thing, um, such, a, such an enormous gift um, that it's almost too good to be true. But, you know, I've lived it, I've seen it. I've gone from, you know, a suicidal, depressed, um, guy, to uh, I just have a, you know have a wonderful family, have a, a great a great role. There's some fantastic things going on. But even if that wasn't there, 
just to know the presence of God would be enough. Mate, I reckon there's a lot of people that uh, will be inspired uh, by your story and want to respond to that. So if people want to uh, get in contact with you, sure. what's the website they can go to? Yeah, calledtobusiness.com, C-A-L-L-E-D-T-O-Business.com. Uh, and also I have a, a Twitter site and a Facebook site, which you'll be able to pick up on the web. Just look up Mark Bilton, hey? That's it. All right, mate. I reckon you're history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Matt. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, mate. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.